Hi there, it's Nikki. I wanted to take a quick minute to make sure you knew about our free on-demand copywriting training. Whether you're brand new to copywriting or you just can't seem to hit your income goals, this training is for you. You'll learn the three secrets to landing freelance copywriting work without wasting time on frustrating job bidding sites like Upwork and Fiverr or cold calling strangers. And if you've listened to any of the student stories on this podcast, this is the exact same training they all got started with. I'm talking about Kate Kay, who's making six figures working part-time and who just retired her husband to help her run the business. Stuart, who replaced his full-time salary with freelance copywriting work, and then some. Stacy, who hit six figures in six months, her very first year as a full-time freelancer. Ashley, who landed the in-house copywriting job of her dreams. They all started with this free training, and you can get started with that same training too. Sign up right now at freecopywritingtraining.com. Are you ready to learn the keys to copywriting success? My name is Nikki Krawczyk, and I've been a copywriter for more than 20 years, writing for multi-billion dollar companies down to solopreneurs and every size business in between. My co-host Kate Sitars and I, along with the rest of the Filthy Rich Writer team, are sharing everything we've learned in our decades in the industry so that you can start and scale a successful copywriting business of your own. To us, being filthy rich means having a job you love, being good at what you do, and making great money doing it. Let's dig in. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Build Your Copywriting Business Podcast. Hey there, Kate. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Okay, guys, today we're going to go real tactical on you. Woohoo. We're going to get dig into what you need to remember when you are writing your copy, when you are editing your copy, when you are evaluating your copy. Um, if you're a CCA student, one of the things to think about when you are evaluating and giving supportive feedback to your fellow students we are talking about a copywriting checklist. Now, mm -hmm. full disclosure, we're not going to go super deep into this. We're going to talk about some of the absolute must-have essentials. As you guys know, copywriting is a full career. So for us to explain everything that you needed to be sure of to include in your copy documents would take, um, well the length of the Comprehensive Copywriting Academy. <laughs> hours and hours and hours. <laughs> yes. So for CCA students, you know that you do have a very thorough copywriting checklist in your in the CCA, uh, in addition to everything else. Um, if you have picked up a book by yours truly, mm -hmm. Copywriting Strategies by this guy, uh, there is a, a checklist in there. Again, most extensive, obviously, in the course um, copywriting strategies checklist also helpful, but what we're going to give you today should be a really good refresher, should bring some things to mind, and uh, well, really should just help in general. So mm -hmm. with all of that said, checklist item number one, Kate. Number one, the benefit. Is it there? Do you lead <laughs> with it? <laughs> well, a genuine question. I think sometimes we fill it with features and then realize, oh shoot, that benefit Maybe it's there, maybe it's hidden, maybe it's buried. Maybe it's not the best, biggest, brightest benefit that you want to bring attention to. Um, so you might need to unearth it. Um, but that's number one, making sure that you are leading with the benefit and it is very, very crystal clear what that benefit to the consumer is. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It sounds so simple, but as anybody who has written copy knows, 
it can take some time to really dig into what that benefit is. And sometimes you can um, think what you have is a benefit, but if you don't take the time to really plumb the depths of it to ask, okay, but why do mm-hmm. they, why do they want this? What do they get out of this? Cause that's what the benefit is, right? The, the, um, the, one of the examples we use in the CCA is a razor, right? Okay. A brand new razor with seven blades. Woohoo. Okay, great. Like seven blades. I'm sure the razor company is very excited about woo new seven blades, but what do they get out of it? Well, what do they get out of it is a, a closer shave than ever before. Smoother legs, or I guess mm-hmm. face if that's what you shave or, you know, whatever you shave. Shave away, but uh, a, a closer shave than ever before. And maybe it's a safer shave, and maybe it's a, but it's what they get out of it. Now, the thing is, too, is for some benefits, you have the opportunity to go a little bit deeper than that. Like, for example, I was talking to um, an entrepreneur who uh, puts together a, a course for course for for busy moms of toddlers and um it's you know i don't have kids myself but i have witnessed parenting of toddlers and that is no joke uh and so the the course is is teaches uh, i think it's specifically for moms as her target audience but you know whatever um teaches tactics and and techniques and and times time saving systems to help busy moms feel stop feeling overwhelmed and she's like, that's my benefit. They don't feel overwhelmed. They feel calm. And you know what? That's fine. That is a benefit. But what we would encourage you to do is dig a little bit deeper to get at some emotion and get at that deep benefit. And CCA students know the deep benefit is, is the, the, the underlying emotions that really cause people to take action. Like, does a mom want to not feel overwhelmed? Yeah, absolutely. Is that going to spur her to make this purchase? She has to have this. No. Well, okay. What would, what would being not being overwhelmed feel like? Well, maybe it will help her keep her, um, help her keep her, her, what's the word I'm looking for? Help her, her, keep her anger under control. So she doesn't help her keep her sanity, help her keep her sanity right? <laughs> Uh, but help her keep her anger under control. And I say this, no mm-hmm. judgment at all to moms. Mm-hmm. Kids are nuts. Um, they will make you crazy. But uh, keep, keep her anger in check so that she doesn't she doesn't get upset with her children. And then, of course, the children feel bad and they feel bad and she feel guilt, feels guilty so that she doesn't drop the ball and her child doesn't miss out on anything. And again, I'm saying her, knowing, of course, that parenting is is should be equally equally, uh, whoever are the parents should be equally dispersed among them responsibilities. But again, her target audience is moms, which is why I'm saying her, um, but can also help her feel more like the person she was before she was a mom. So she still feels connected to herself as a woman. Um, she can feel like she is being the best mom that she can be. She can also feel like she can still be an excellent partner if she has a partner, but all of these things are so much deeper and so much of a more of an emotional connection and it's those things that are much more likely to get someone to make a purchase versus well, she won't feel overwhelmed like yeah but what does not feeling overwhelmed mean what do they get out of not feeling overwhelmed so when you think you have the benefit for something ask yourself okay and what does that get them and what does that mm-hmm. get them? And explore that deep benefit as well. 
Yeah. I'm still thinking about your razor example because literally last night it was on the subway with a friend and we saw an ad for razors and it was, um, the line was something along the lines of for how people really shave. And we both thought, what is, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? Yes. Um, and I had to explain, you know, there was another station I'd seen weeks ago that had more of like ads with different phrases and they had a whole buyout of the station. And I was like, well, I think it means people use razors in different places on their bodies. And so this razor is for that. And I was like, that still though, doesn't explain the benefit. What does that, does it mean I'm not going to get cut as much because I'm, I don't know yeah. what's, what's the, what does that mean? Well, so. that's, that's great. That part of why we talk about, you have to put the benefit in there is because people mm-hmm. aren't, most people are not copywriters and they're not going to take the time to think about, well, what do you to mean? analyze it? Yeah. They're just going to leave or they're just going to not purchase yep. or they're just that's exactly what my friend said. He's like, well, I'll keep using my razor then because this didn't convince me mm-hmm. to make a change. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And well, that's another point too, is that when you have a checklist or key points that you check on your own work, it's always worth looking around in the world, reading the copy that's around mm-hmm. you and evaluating it. It's really good for your growth as a copywriter to take the time to, like Kate was doing, evaluate the copy around you. Is it hitting mm-hmm. its mark? If yes, how so? If no, what are they missing? So yes, mm-hmm. benefits, deep benefits. Um, next up, features. If there are elements, details about this that support the benefit, that maybe explain how the benefit happens or why the benefit happens or anything like that, then that might be something that you want to include in your copy. If it is essential to supporting the benefit. So with the razor, yes, it's nobody's going to buy because it's got seven blades. Woohoo! Whoopty, seven blades. But they might buy because it's the closest shave that they've ever gotten. And even that's a very, it's kind of a lightweight benefit, you know, getting into attractiveness and feeling confident. And all anyway, um, but detail, but the, the features that support that, the feature is the, the seven blades. It's how do they get the closest shave ever? The feature that supports that is because of these seven blades so that it gives some, some context to the benefit and explains mm-hmm. how and why and all those kinds of elements of, of the benefit it makes the benefit feel more uh, plausible too mm-hmm. as well. And for your mom course, I'm sure it's, here's all these modules within the course and sessions that will get you there. And here's the topics that help. Live coaching and Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. Scripts to use with your toddlers and and Mm -hmm. all that. It sounds like a great course. We should write this course. Uh, (laughs) Oh wait, someone already has written this course. Um, Yes. So the elements that are, that are a part of it. Okay. Next up, um, key elements. You also need a call to action. Somewhere on your page, you need to tell people what to do next, because if they have to think about it, they won't do it. What is the next Mm -hmm. step? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I would say typically, I'm not going to say always, because there's always, there's gray areas, nothing's black and white, but often because it's a call to action, you want a verb leading this. You want to tell your audience what to do. Mm go to this website to learn more or learn more here. What That's a very weak CTA, but that might be one in the case that it is exactly. They know exactly what they're going to do or get 10% off or, um, buy save. now is a CTA. Yep. Yes. And it's shop this get much more simple than that, but that's also an element of a CTA, right? Is that people need to understand what's going to happen when they take that action. Mm-hmm. You know, if you say learn more, you expect to get more details. If you say buy now, you expect to be taken to a cart page. A purchase page, yeah. Exactly. If you get someplace that is totally different from what you were expecting, 
you're just going to be confusing people. So your your CTA needs to tell them what's going to happen next, and it needs to be to be very clear. Mm-hmm. And you need to know what that next step is. So if you're working with a client and you don't know where it's going, or you maybe they tell you, oh, it's going to a landing page, get your hands on whatever that page is or whatever that next step is, if you can. So you can see from a user perspective, I'm writing this piece and it's going to take them to this piece that might already be created. Let me see what the copy is on that page. So if it is something like we want people to sign up and so you're thinking, oh, my call to action is sign up for whatever. Mm-hmm. But it takes me to a page where, um, a cart page where I'm going to shop and the CTA would make more sense to be by now. Okay, that's time for a conversation to figure out what, where that disconnect is. Is there a better place to send them? Does the piece need to change the strategy of the piece? If we're sending them, do we need to send them here? Okay, maybe the content on this this piece needs to better match that, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but understand where this, your piece fits in the, in the journey so that you can write the right call to action. Yeah. Well, in addition to a customer journey, there's also the journey of someone through your copy. Now, yes, there are some short pieces of copy, like banner ads, for example, are notoriously short, especially if it's only one frame. Uh, so it's a very short journey. But even from the top, let's say, for example, a web page, from the top of a web page to the bottom is a journey. And you need to make sure that your messages are in the right order within that piece of copy so that they lead naturally from one to the next one and that your call to the ad and call to action is is virtually inevitable by the time they get to that mm-hmm. point because your messaging has led them there. Mm-hmm. Okay, next up, um, wording. Go through, yeah. first of all, is it uh, the actual words themselves? First of all, the brand voice. Is it in the client's brand voice and is it consistent because we've both seen a lot of a lot of websites or a lot of I don't know just pieces of copy where the voice changes throughout throughout the web page or throughout the booklet or or whatever it needs to be consistent throughout the piece but it also needs to be consistent with all of your clients other stuff nothing should sound like it was written by anybody else it should all Mm -hmm. sound consistent with your client's brand voice and so that I think one of the biggest first big red flags is when copy starts, I we would recommend speaking directly to your customer. So saying you, or if you're not using you, those kind of, you know, get this thing, which is you understood in that situation. Um, but there's always pages where it's going from, you know, we, blah, 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 blah. and there might be cases where you use we to talk about the client and whatnot, but switching among all of these and I, we, they, them talking about your consumers as them versus you directly. And then you switch between these things. So definitely look for that because I think the more consistent you can be talking directly to the consumer, the better they can see themselves within that copy. You're not talking about them in the third person of our customers will get this or whatnot. It's you will get this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Or, yeah. yeah, I think a, a classic example is when you have a page where it's like, you're going to love this. You're going to think this is amazing. You're going to, this is going to change your life. And then the button says, sign me up. Well, now, wait a mm-hmm. minute. The mm-hmm. voice was, for, for most of it, the voice was the company saying, you're going to love this. And then all of a sudden the button tense changes. And now the button 
is speaking in the first person as the customer. So be very careful about those tenses. And it sounds like it's, I know that it can sound like, well, that's like a little thing who's going to notice it. Your customers will notice it whether or not they register it. The inconsistencies in copy, um, they, they, people notice it, but also may notice it subconsciously and are much less likely to trust a website because they, because of inconsistencies like that, especially now that we all get those phishing emails and you read it like Bank of America wants me to log in. Oh, but weird. No, Bank of America would not have capitalized that one random word or they wouldn't Mm -hmm. have, you know, we're all looking out for those kinds of things. So we're, we're primed to look for inconsistencies. And so inconsistencies in in copy are going to decrease customer trust and make them less likely to take action. Mm -hmm. Um, And then of course, too, so brand voice, but are you using words that that target audience will resonate with? You know, Mm -hmm. are, if you are talking to, if your target audience is, um, people in their early 20s, are you using words that would be more likely used by people in their mid 50s and vice versa? Uh, or um, is your tone, and I, it gets a little bit tricky when we talk about gender stereotypes and, and but, but there are some, some, some types of wording or some tones that feel a bit more uh, feminine or feel a bit more masculine. Um, mm-hmm. Are you using inappropriate tone? You know, they, we talk sometimes about the, the bro marketing. They're like, dude, you're going to make $7 million. Da, 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 da. Okay. Well, if that's your audience, that may be appropriate. But if you are if you are talking to the moms of toddlers, for example, the dude, get your toddler, eat their vegetables is probably not the tone that you're going to want to be using. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, not just the tone, but, but the words you wouldn't, you would probably be very unlikely to call the mom of toddlers, dude. dude. Uh, I'm sure there's an exception to that rule, but generally, um, what words are your target audience going to, going to resonate with? And, you know, to that point too, uh, toddlers, they're also, you know, kids, children. Um, I'm trying to think of, of youth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> tiny people, you know, um, little, um, uh, munchkins, little kids. Um, are there terms that some, and you're going to do your research and your clients need to need to do their research, but are there terms that moms are much more likely to use than, um, than other people? Like, for example, sometimes I hear in writing, I say, uh, my kid did this, my kid, my kid. Uh, generally, the, what I have found in my experience as a copywriter, moms are much less likely to say my kid. They're much more likely to say my son, my daughter, my child versus my kid. Dads tend to be, and you need to do your research, but dads tend to be more likely to say my kid. Um, it still strikes me as weird, but that's just, I'm sure, just a little personal thing. But but <laughs> do your research. Find out what words mm-hmm. will actually, because when you use the same words that your target audience uses, they feel connected and they feel like you, you being the company that you're writing for, they feel that they feel like you get them. And that mm-hmm. makes them so much more likely to trust that brand and want to engage with that brand more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And thinking about the words that, or the, the words, the overarching tone of voice of like, is it fun? Is it conversational? Is it more professional and buttoned up? So, you know, for a more conversational, maybe younger audience, you might do, um, 
words like we got your back or like, you know, gotcha or something like that. The words that aren't actually in the dictionary, but words that we use all the time of like, you got to get this or, you know, I don't know. What's the word for the slang playing, I guess. Is that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, the text speak, maybe, you know, BRB or whatever Mm -hmm. that might make sense in a certain case like like that. Exactly. Colloquialism. That's the word I was looking for. Exactly. Um, Um, but if you're working, you know, writing for a financial institution where their target audience is retirees looking to button up their portfolios, you're not going to say, we got your back. You might say, hey, we we're, we support you and we're alongside you. and with we get, you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We're your partners Very different. in this journey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and one more point um, before, again, we're just kind of giving you an overview, some stuff to dig mm-hmm. into. The highlights. But uh, one more essential element is are, speaking of essentials, is everything in this doc, copy document essential? Do you have words or phrases in there just for the sake of wanting to use those words or phrases? Remember that every paragraph, every sentence, every line, every word needs to have a purpose. You know, we, we, are, we are half creatives and we're half strategists. So every element of your piece of copy needs to have strategy behind it. And there needs to be a reason why you chose that word, phrase, sentence, whatever. Mm -hmm. If you have put stuff in there just because you kind of like the sound of it, but it Mm -hmm. doesn't actually serve a purpose in there, there's a good chance it's got to go. Well, even because your client said it, you know, during client kickoffs, you're going to take a ton of notes and you're going to write your brief. And there even might be things you sneak into the brief that you're like, maybe, maybe this will fit. I'm not sure yet because I haven't fully dug in. But for example, maybe a client talks about, oh, and we have these new colors of t-shirts. We have like five new colors that we're coming out with for really exciting for spring, blah, 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 blah. But the whole piece is about a, a sale that they're doing. And you try to work in these new colors and maybe it just doesn't fit. You're trying to shove this message in with where the real focus is about the sale. Mm -hmm. Um, So being ruthless about cutting that out and saying, nope, this distracts from the focus. This takes away from the main message and the main point we want to get across. Exactly. And maybe you recommend to your client if they really care about the colors of their shirts, do something separate of how about a new email? Why that's so great. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, and it's, you know, I we are we are paid well because it's not easy to do what we do. So it's not black and white. There may be some lines that you there may be some lines that have some personality in there. And it, you might want to go, oh well, I want to take this out, but it might be important to establish that personality so that the the client feels comfortable with the brand in this way. Um, As a copywriter, as you hone your skills, you're going to, we talk to our students about about starting to learn to go with their guts. Um, Because even as you just start learning, you start going, "Mm, maybe this shouldn't be in there. There's probably a decent chance that it shouldn't be in there, that you should at least explore Mm -hmm. cutting it and see what direction that takes you. Because remember, too, that it's not just copywriting. You are going to have to go back and edit it. Put Mm -hmm. your first draft together, get up, walk away, come back and edit it and make sure it's polished and as good as it can be before you send it to your client. And then your client is going to give you feedback. So it's it is. Always, I was going to say massaging it, but but sculpting it into into something new. And, and the more that you can learn to listen to yourself and listen to your gut, and and recognize when there's something telling you like 
mm, yeah, that line really sounds good, but it doesn't actually serve a purpose here. Or mm, it kind of distracts from the purpose of this page. We've all done that where we write stuff and we're like, that's so good. <laughs> oh, I have to cut that. I definitely have to cut that. Grab it, put it in a different document, save, for later. save yep. it for later. But it's every element in a creative piece. And you, you know, follow your creative briefs, know exactly what you're trying to do. But every element in a piece has to have a purpose. Mm -hmm. Sorry. One thing that might help too is reading it out loud for, in terms of it. it might not tell you the the pieces that you need to take out content wise, but it might help you hear the words or the phrases or the lines that just are tripping you up to read. And if they're hard for you to read, they're going to be hard for someone to, to read it without reading it out loud. So reading it out loud can really help you hear what's going on in your copy and take a fresh look at it because, and I know we say that to do this all the time. I know that it's, it's, it feels like a pain. You just wrote the piece. You don't want to read it out loud. You don't want to proofread it. You don't want to try to, you know, that's why we say sleep on it, build in that time to walk away so that you're not just so close to the copy that you don't see the errors. If you're trying to proofread immediately after you write your copy, there's no way you're catching the mistakes that are probably there. They might be small ones and you might be glancing over them, but they're so easy to just read over because we're so close to it. We just did this. We know what we want it to say. We know what it's supposed to say. And so our brains are filling all of that information in. So walk away for as long as you can. Um, again, build in that time so that you can do that and you can come back, read it out loud. Notice that, the, oh, I put a period here and there shouldn't be one or there's a typo or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, don't rely on software to be the things that spell, the spell check doesn't find everything. Spell yeah. check doesn't find, you know, there that should have been there. Sometimes it does maybe, but it doesn't always point out the, especially when the phrasing's just off or doesn't mm -hmm. feel right. Well, and, um, you know, and it's, it's not just if you're a new copywriter, you know, I, mm -hmm. I've been doing this for 20 years now and I yep. still will write a piece be like, Oh, that's good. That's great. All right. I'm send it out tomorrow, but nah, that's good. And then I sit down at my desk and go, Oh, I use this same word in yeah. three, three times in three consecutive sentences. And not intentionally. And it's not an intentional echo. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> or like, Oh, I thought that line was so good yesterday. Now, it doesn't actually make a whole lot of sense without the context that I have in my head, but yep. that the, the reader wouldn't have. So it's mm -hmm. you, nobody needs you to be perfect. We just mm -hmm. need you to be willing or not. We need you. You need to be. Your clients your need clients you. Your clients need you <laughs> to be willing to, to, uh, to improve your work, to polish it, to mm -hmm. get that draft out, to think about it intentionally as you go, and then to come back and to edit. And again, this was kind of an, an abbreviated checklist, but some, mm -hmm. some key elements. Um, so and we still follow it. I want to highlight that point. This is something that we still follow. This is not something, you know, you don't just write it and it's perfect. You've got to look through this list and make sure you hit all of the things that you needed to hit. And that's why that we put together a checklist because no one wants to remember this off the top of their head. It's Well, it, and it's not, it's not, yeah, it's not a mark of, well, you're new. We need a checklist because yeah. to Kate's point, we still. I mean, they there are in surgeries. They have checklists which have proven that. Thank uh, God. Yeah, and thank God. <laughs> well, it's the the um the whole story, but there was a very interesting book talking about it, right? But just 
but there was an element of, of surgeons and nurses and this guy thinking, all right, well, I've, I've been doing this so long. I don't need a checklist. But when they found that there was a checklist and everyone had to go through the checklist, it decreased mistakes exponentially. Yes. Nobody is so good that we don't need an outside reminder because the better we get and the ease, not easier because it's never going to be easy, but the better we get and the, the more able we get and the more used to writing copy we get, the easier it could be to forget some of the essential elements and some of the essential points. And you never want to, every client deserves our best, right? Every client is paying us at our, our best rate and every client deserves our best. And these checklists, um, and again, CCS students, you know, you have a very extensive one in the course. Um, these checklists help us ensure that we give our best work to them. And mm -hmm. the, our clients deserve that. Okay, so that's what we have for you today. Um, this would be a good one to go back and listen again, take some notes down. You can have your little abbreviated checklist. Uh, or again, CCS students, I think print outable within the course. There's also mm -hmm. a version of a checklist in the copywriting strategies book, but it's something that you should make it a, a step of the process to refer back to their checklist. You know, we know the steps, right? You put together your creative brief with your client. You uh, do an outline of the piece. Maybe take a look at the checklist before you start writing just as a refresher, but definitely bring that checklist back out again as you're looking to edit. It's just going to help ensure that you deliver the best work that you can and you continue to deliver at the exceptionally high level of skill that, that you're able to. Okay, so that's what we have for you. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it and we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye everybody. Like what you heard? Subscribe to the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast so you never miss any copywriting tips, tools, or tactics. And if you think copywriting might be right for you, check out our free on-demand video training at freecopywritingtraining.com. We'll catch you in the next episode.